0: Good morning to you all and a very warm welcome whether you're here in the church or whether you're following our service online. It's a beautiful morning today, such a contrast to last Sunday when it was very, very wet. If you remember, everyone was coming in dripping wet last Sunday. Today it's lovely and sunny and I even spotted a yellow crocus in the flower bed at the front. So there we are, middle of January and we have a a crocus. Please remember to let MIMA know if you need your seat booked or if you need to change your plans and unbook your place. That would be great, thank you. And the same for the Thursday service, which as you know by now is 10.30 on a Sunday. There are no meetings taking place in the church at the moment other than the services of worship. So the craft team and the country dance team are not meeting at present, okay? The Care and Share Lunch, however, is still taking place on a Friday. So Care and Share Lunch on Friday. Articles for the February edition of The Messenger are needed by Sunday the 30th of January, please. So you've got two weeks to get writing for that edition. And lastly, a reminder that our Sunday services and sometimes other services like funerals are live streamed. Generally, only the front row and the chancel area will be in view at present. But we do have a consent form available, and thanks to everyone who's already completed that consent form. If you've not completed a consent form, there's a bundle of them in the front vestibule. If you could take one and fill it in. If you've got any concerns about appearing in the live stream, please speak to myself
1: or to Stuart.
0: These are all the intimations this week. Thank
1: you. Thank you, Vivian. Good morning to you all. Uh, you know, some, sometimes I look around, and different people's eyes tell me different stories. Um, so please make sure your eyes are giving me the right story. Uh, I don't know how your week has been, whether you are here or you are listening at home. Um, maybe you have had a very tough week or you have had a joyous uh, moment this week you are still invited to come people of god worship the living god today remember that out of nothing god created the heavens and the earth remember that god raised jesus from the powerlessness of death to the power of the victory that comes with the resurrection, remember that not not even the gates of hell could stand against God's purposes. And I want to say to you, whether you are here, I think if you are here, you can easily connect with my words. But behold, your God is here. And your God is with you right where you are. He's the one who reigns now and forever. Does that make sense into your heart? He is the one who reigns today and forever. No matter what the circumstances are like for you now, remember God reigns. So we join our hearts as we sing together hym 129, the Lord is King lift up your voice Hallelujah. It's so good uh, to have Andrew back with us. Wow, Andrew, for some time, we thought you, you are a member somewhere else. <laughs> uh, we know that Judy was calling you somewhere else, but it's so good to have you here with us. And I want
2: to invite you to lead us in prayer. Let us join our hearts together in prayer. Let us pray. We thank you, our Heavenly Father, because by your divine power, you have given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of these by coming to know you, our Lord Jesus, the one who called us to himself, inviting us to become part of his family. We thank you for the great and precious promises you have given us, which enable us to share in your divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. You promise to continue to abide with us and to empower us through your spirit. We thank you for the fellowship of believers, for brothers and sisters who are extensions of your love to us. We thank you for the various gifts and abilities you give to enable us to fulfill our mandate in the world. Receive our thanks, our Heavenly Father, and we offer them with hearts full of praise. But we confess, our Heavenly Father, that we have neglected your Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, and we have depended too often on our own strength, and we have continually failed you. We have failed to listen to you. Instead, we have listened to the world and followed its dictates and directions, and we have failed to live as light and salt of the earth. And we fail to preserve it and to dispel its darkness. Have mercy on us, dear Lord. Forgive our neglect and confusion of heart. And cleanse us with the blood which you shed for us at Calvary. Forgive us, O Lord. Restore and renew us through the merits of our blessed Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. That same Jesus Christ who taught us to pray saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
1: Thank you, Andrew. I want to ask you a question. Uh, You are all boys and girls today, right? Um, Not only am I addressing the children, but I'm addressing everyone. If you look at me, please look at me. Uh, Do you think I look like my mom or my dad? I don't know? Oh, so that that would be directed only to probably Saviour? You You think? I didn't hear Saviour. Oh, you think I look like my dad. And why did you say, uh, we don't know? Because you don't know my dad, nor my (laughs) mum. Wow, that's a fact. Now, if you look at Dylan, this side, everybody, Um, does he look like his dad or his mom? Those who who think he looks like his dad, please raise your hands. Come on, raise your hands for dad. (laughs) And those who think he looks like his mom, oh, my goodness. All right, lucky mom. Ethan, do you think you look like your dad or your mom, like, you look like your mom? 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 Dad. dad. <laughs> All right. Today and the week after next week, we're going to be looking at Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 to 20. Um, and because the passage is so big, I, I could not handle it in, in one sermon, but basically we're looking at who is Christ? What is Christ like? Um, and of course, there are big statements there, some that are, that are like he is the likeness of God or the likeness of his Father. And I think we're we going to be unpacking that. What does it mean that Jesus looks like his father? Or further on, when Paul, the writer of Colossians, say he is the image of God, so to speak, but we'll get the, the correct wording that he uses. What does that mean to us? And especially in the world we're living in today, where everyone thinks, ah, does it matter to have Jesus or not? We'll be asking the question in the next sermon, what did he do that makes Jesus so key to us? So that's basically what we'll be looking at. And I pray that God will open our eyes and our ears to hear and to see what God will be teaching us in these two weeks. Let us pray together. Lord, we want to be like you. We want to be like you, Jesus. We want to walk like Jesus. We want to talk like Jesus. We want to journey like Jesus and help us as we grow, as we are grown, and as we continue to grow, even in wisdom, may we Lord, reflect what it is like to be followers of Jesus, to be Christians and help us. Even as our children look at us, they would learn one or two things about what it means to be like Jesus. All this we pray for and ask in Jesus' name, amen. Our next hymn is hymn 463. And after that hymn, or towards the end of that hymn, our children will be leaving to go to uh, Sunday school. Please be seated and jean is going to read the word of god to us in colossians chapter 1 verses 15 through to 20. colossians chapter 1 verses 15 through to 20.
3: the reading this morning is under the heading the person and work of christ Christ is a visible likeness of the invisible God. He is the firstborn son, superior to all created things. For through him, God created everything in heaven and on earth, the seen and the unseen things, including spiritual powers, lords, rulers, and authorities. God created the whole universe through him and for him, Christ existed before all things and in union with him all things have their proper place. He is the head of his body, the church. He is the source of the body's life. He is the firstborn son who was raised from death in order that he alone might have the first place in all things. For it was by God's own decision that the son has in himself the full nature of God. Through the sun, then, God decided to bring the whole universe back to himself. God made peace through the Son's sacrificial death on the cross, and so brought back to himself all things, both on earth and in heaven. May God bless to us this reading from his book.
1: Let us pray. Lord, in just reading this passage, we are way out of our depth. And we pray that you will take these minds of ours and enable us to understand what we have just read. We pray that you would take these little hearts of ours and fill them with a deeper love for your son that we have ever had before. We pray that you would take these wills of ours and enable them to put Christ in the very highest and central place of our ambitions that we, we may know him and the power of his resurrection through jesus christ amen we think about the words that we have heard read to us as we sing christ is made the sure foundation <music> So like I said earlier on, I've decided to look at two parts within this sermon, uh, because I could, I could have gone for a good hour, um, or even two, <laughs> or to be precise, I could do a very good uh, sermon series that can last the next six months. Out of this passage, and because I'm very, uh, I'm not the eloquent of speakers, uh, I thought, well, let me just do two. Others have done quite a lot on this particular passage, so today we're going to look specifically. If you were to look at the good news translation that we read from the title that you find there is the person and the work of christ so i'm i'm dividing my sermon today specifically i'm going to be looking at the person of christ and then next after next week i'll look at the work of christ but in 1975 i was not born yet um but I came across one of the most incredible thing uh, writing that I, I came across that was written. And it came about in April of 1975 in a magazine. And I'm going to read it to you. But it's entitled, One Solitary Life, One Solitary Life. And it's specifically talking about Jesus. So I'll begin to read. Here is a man who was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman. He grew up in another village, and he worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30. And then for three years, he was an itinerant preacher. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never owned a home, he never had a family, he never went to college, he never travelled more than 200 miles from the place where he was born, he never did one of the things that usually accompanies greatness, he had no credentials but himself. While he was still a young man The tide of popular opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. One of them denied him. He was turned over to his enemies. He went through a mockery of a trial. He was nailed upon a cross between two thieves. His executioners gambled for the only piece of property he had on earth his seamless robe when he was dead he was taken down from the cross and laid in a borrowed grave through the courtesy of a friend 19 19 wide centuries have come and gone and today he is the centerpiece of human race and the leader of all human progress i am well within the mark when i say that all the armies that ever marched, all the navies that ever were built, all the parliaments that ever sat, and all the kings that ever reigned, put together, have not affected the life of a man upon this earth as powerfully as has this one solitary life. That was... The piece of writing in 1975. The question that comes to mind for me as I was reading this was why? How could such a thing happen? How did it all come about? What was so different about this man Jesus? And the only answer that I could come up with was a three-letter word that you also find in the passage that we read, mentioned five times, and the three-letter word is "son," S-O-N, son. And five times you read here and you hear Paul talking about the first-born son, and son, 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 son. For your own information two titles were ever referred to him and one was the son of man and I, I may confess as well that being called the son of man didn't get him in trouble at all not so much but the second t- title that got him in trouble was when people and when he referred himself to as the son of god and that took him to the cross in fact it was not just him calling himself the son of god but he was calling himself the son of god now verses 15 to 20 spell out for us what it means to be the son of god and i must say to you when I read this passage more than 20 times this week I felt so small to preach this passage and I must say I struggled and part of the, the reason or part of the evidence that I've struggled usually I am I, comfortable when I do an old O-H age talk uh, but when you see me mumbling that's a sign that I've struggled to how best do I put this across to children many years ago when humanity decided to crucify this son Jesus people literally did this they said you know what you're calling yourself the son of God you're calling yourself the son of God and they decided you know what we have got a problem with your father if you are the son of god we have a statement to say to god and what did people do they decided we are going to kill you to jesus and of course they killed jesus and it took jesus three days to respond and on the third day jesus rose again from the dead the sun rose from the the son of god rose from the door, from the dead and what paul is describing here is something that is powerful so we begin where paul says in verse 15 christ is the the visible likeness of the invisible god complicated language so paul says christ is the likeness of the creator and one factor for sure is that over the years, people have tried to imagine how God looks like. Just like this, the question I posed to you when I said, who do I look like, my, my mom or my dad? Because you don't know my mom, because you don't know my dad, you can't imagine clearly, you can't pin it down. But you need to, to know my dad and you can get to say, oh, okay, he's more towards his dad than his mom. Humanity to this age and to this day people want to know what God looks like and that's a problem because as people are wanting to know what God looks like they struggle to believe in God because they want to see God face to face. They almost say no until we try and understand how he looks like, how his face looks like. And of course we know that over the years people have started to cave some idols and started to worship some idols all in the name of trying to understand who God is. But Paul says he's the likeness. The Greek word used by Paul when he says Jesus Christ is the likeness of the Creator is the same word that is, that is translated icon, which entails Jesus is the perfect image of God here on earth. In other words, the distinguishing marks of God are found in Jesus. A God who can relate, a God who can hear, a God who can see, a God who can feel, a God who can relate with your emotions. You may remember very well one of the shortest passages in the Bible, John 11 verse 35, it says Jesus wept. And there's the perfect icon or image of God. As he was crying, that's a replica of what it looks like when we think of God, not in human terms, but of course, in godly terms. You may remember one of the disciples of Jesus, Philip, one of Jesus' disciples, once came to Jesus and said, show us the Father. You know, we, you keep talking in riddles and so forth, but you know, one thing that you can do for us is show us the Father. And Jesus turned to Philip and he said, Philip, Philip, for as long as I have been with you, don't you know that when you've seen me, you've seen the Father? In fact, this is how he said it. For a long time I've been with you all, yet you do not know me. Philip, wow, come? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father why then do you say show us the father it's interesting to note this throughout the bible you do not find the physical appearance of jesus described does anyone know where it says he was a tall man he was he was handsome like me <laughs> do you find anything like that we do not we don't even know the color of jesus here why because that's not important you don't need to add anything to what you hear about jesus in him dwells everything about god therefore if you say jesus is the likeness of the creator you are saying you see jesus you've seen god that's the simplified way of looking at it secondly paul says he is the firstborn of creation now, the Good News Version puts it better. It says he is the firstborn son, superior to all created things. Unfortunately, this is a controversial statement when we say he is the firstborn of all creation. Because people don't understand what it means. Some have started to think that Jesus has been created. Of which is he has not been created. It seems to say Jesus is the oldest of created things that's not what Paul is saying or as others have put it he is the greatest creature if you look at what is happening today especially on the West Coast of Scotland where people turn everything upside down in terms of what the center and the emphasis of our worship in church history This idea of Jesus as part of creation has caused lots and lots of problems. Some people today think Jesus is a created being. Some reflect this in how they live. They just live and say, oh, Jesus is a little boy. And some have even gone to a point of saying, he's a boy in a manger. As we put it, it's good to, to have the picture when we we have the nativity during Christmas, but some of us have reduced Jesus to just that. In church history, some religious leaders had come to a point where they just said, well, he's a mere prophet. Some view view Jesus as mere the son of man and not God. And in the 5th fifth, fifth century a man named Athanasius wrote a statement to describe Jesus and this is what he wrote. There was an argument. He, he 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 was he was a songwriter and he could not just express clearly what to say about Jesus and this is how he crafted it. And I love it. You can go back and and check, but he said something very short is this god jesus christ is god of god the very god of very god does that make sense jesus is the god of god the very god of very god that's it that's how he said it and there is of course a creed that some churches Recite as a way of trying to go against what people believed. The phrase "firstborn of creation" in the Bible means the one who has the supreme place. It is not describing sequence and time. It is not describing when one was born. Jacob, for example, is a good is a good example. You remember Jacob was second born in a true sense, but he became the firstborn of creation because he was the center he was the blessed one so paul takes the phrase firstborn of all creation to mean that everything is under jesus now i want to say this with a bit of emotion do you ever get a hold of that truth that he was not created In fact, before he could create the chairs and the benches and and other things, he had to create the trees. That's Jesus for us. In In other words, in him, everything holds together. Does this make sense to you in our time? that jesus christ hold everything together in other words he's aware of what is happening among us today he's aware of the worries that you have he's aware of the things that will come that will be before you this week that's how powerful he is nothing takes jesus by surprise all created things shall be summed up in him In him, for him, and under him. Now when we say Jesus is the son, we also mean he is the head of the church. And what does it mean to say that he is the head of the church? It means if you are a believer, you are claiming that Jesus is the Head. He is the leader. He is the one who directs us. He is the one who gives us perspective of things the question is looking at it bigger is the church of scotland living in a way that confirms that jesus is the head of the church maybe that's too abstract are you living today in a way that confirms that jesus is the head of you because being the head of the church is not the institution it's the people so we have seen that when we see jesus we see god himself the entire universe is under jesus and he leads his church as i draw near to closing let me read this for you again for through him through him god created everything in heaven and on earth do you hear this this made me to go on my knees through him god created everything in heaven and on earth the sin things and unseen things including spiritual powers you think there are no spiritual powers around us they are there but god through jesus has created all these things seen and unseen things including spiritual powers lords and rulers and authorities god created the whole universe through him and for him christ existed before all things and in union with him all things have their proper place there are times when we we don't understand what god is doing and we don't understand what god is up to and may we remember that in him, in union with him, all things have their proper place. Now, if this does not get you to be on your knees, nothing will. And then it, Paul continues to say, He is the head of his body, the church. He is the source of the body's life. Do you hear me? He is the source of the body's life you want life in full abundance you get it from him he is the first born son who was raised from the dead in order that he alone might might have the first place in all things might have the first place in all things does jesus have the first place in all things for you does he or money has the first place in all things for you or maybe even your health you look at look at how how people put their health even now during COVID I'm not calling you to be irresponsible but look at how people have their health as the first place compared to Jesus does he have the first place for us today what paul is saying is unless jesus holds things together we cannot stay alive as a church we will be gone and forgotten and that's important for us to know and to remember and next time we come back to this we will look at what has he done through jesus what has he done in the name of the Father? The son and the Holy Spirit amen let us pray loving God your love is beyond our understanding we cannot comprehend it and yet you keep loving and loving and loving we thank you for the gift of life and we thank you that Lord these gifts that we are giving back to you Are gifts given by you for for us and yet Lord we are being responsible and bringing them back to you bless these gifts of money that money transferred directly to church accounts that money directed to somebody else to those around us Lord those gifts that are given for you For the service of your people we pray that lord you make your face to shine upon these gifts may we remember how privileged we are to have you as our father you hold everything together we pray those who have built walls of silence around them because of hurt or wrongdoing or action long past lord i pray that you reach out to them and touch them people who have hardened their heart to you believing that they can rely on themselves and will find life is confusing or broken or frightening lord may you lure them back to you and touch them and remind them and reassure them that lord they cannot do without you those known and unknown to us who feel isolated and who want to reach out to you but don't know how to reach out to you may they be open to the hospitality of others through which they might come to know you lord we pray for this community of your people here at k gate May we be brave rather than being complacent. May we be bold rather than retiring. May we follow your call with trusting faith so that your will may be done and your kingdom may come. Jesus Christ, who pushed the barriers, who called and continues to call people from what is comfortable, ruffle our our feathers, stir us afresh, with excitement of your word and excitement of you lord we pray for those who are sick those who are in hospital lord we mention them now in silence father you are all powerful. You still hold everything together and we pray that lord you touch each and every one of them right now wherever they are we pray almighty god that you reach out and just touch them and just heal them lord we pray that you take away that pain oh god you are able and you are able lord We pray for those whose loved ones have passed away. That Lord, you would comfort them. May they know for Jesus who feels their pain. May they know for Jesus who hears their cry. May they know for Jesus who sees what they are going through and hears and understands and come along compassionately to embrace them and love them and care about them. Lord, may you help us as well. To be agents that will go out into the world to reach out to others. Surround us with your love. Surround us with your power. Your resurrection power. The power that changes things. The power that will enable things. The power that brings the dead to life. The power that gives light again where there is darkness. For all these things we pray for and ask. In Jesus' name. Amen. Our closing hymn is a testimony. It's a prayer. In the name of Jesus Christ. our hearts confess him he is the king of glory we go now surrounded by the love of christ to live to love to serve. we go with faithful and humble hearts as we go now may the blessing of god almighty father son and holy spirit be with you all whom you love this day forever Amen.